Welcome back to the Relate Podcast, where we do the rest of our lives better by building better relationships. I'm Casey Sunstead, your host, and I'm thrilled to have Katie and Ari with us again this week. Hi, you guys. Hey. Hello. Last episode, we had a great conversation about how it's such a different thing to make new friendships in our adult lives. And I don't know about you guys, but as I was going through my week, I noticed different things about the way I approach things and the way I invite new relationships. Did you guys have any new revelations as you were going through your week? You know what? The front porch comment about how we all go into our houses and shut our garage doors, really, I noticed it so much more. And I I sat out on my front porch one day this week, which is feels like a win for an introvert. I didn't talk to anyone, but it's a step in the right direction. But people could have talked to you. That's true. I was available. I love that. Mildly. <laughs> Mildly. I I did as well. I didn't sit out on my front porch. I don't have one, unfortunately. I wish I did. <laughs> um, but I was uh, aware of my desire. The first reflection question of where am I at with my relationships really hit me. And I feel like this week I started the process of figuring out like where are the places that I can go and find new friends mm-hmm. and, and who can I see around me right now. Um, so it's I'm in the I'm in the reflection stage right now, I would say. And I'm hoping to get to the action stage soon. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Ari, would you say that there are um you had some specific ideas of new places to go or things to take on? Yeah. One of the places that I'm interested in, I'm not sure if this is a seasonal thing with it changing seasons to fall and you think about book clubs and things like that, but I would love to join a book club. Um, A friend of mine gave me like a a book that they're really interested in and hearing them be passionate about that book was like so cool. And being in a circle of people that all have a passion around one specific book or one specific genre or something Mm -hmm. like that through the lens of last episode made me think, I wonder if like we were talking about with soccer teams, Katie and I have this mutual interest in soccer and we may end up on a team together because of that. I wonder if there's that for books as well. And I'm I'm guessing that there is. So I just need to find. That's find so those cool. People. And we all know now, Ari, that you're gonna get that book at the library. At the library. <laughs> with your library card. <laughs> with my library card very proudly. That's awesome. And I love the idea of a book club because it is like we talked about. You can kind of test out that group and it's Mm. just for like, here's a set amount of time that we're going to be together. And so if you click, you can like ask them out on a second date and be like real life friends outside of book club. But if not, then book club was book club and it was great. Yeah. That's really cool. I shared in the last episode that I'm in a season of life where I have friends in my life that I can't even get to because I'm driving kids around or taking kids to rehearsals. I reached out to to one of those friends that is such a mutual friend where I'm good at caring for her, but she's also so good at being present with me. And I just said, I want to see you more. I want to... I want to be more intentional about our friendship. She was like, oh my gosh, she received it as such a um, mutual, like I have been longing for this in my life too. I'm really excited we're going to get together more often and on a regular basis. And that way I'm not as much of a victim of my schedule. Like I'm putting it on the calendar and it's going to happen. So So if you listeners out there had any new ideas, we would love to hear from you. So email us and find us on social and share your stories too, because we would love to hear how you are applying what we're all learning together. 
You can always reach us and share your stories at relate at willowcreek.org. Okay. In this episode, we're going to take a look at where we belong in these friendships that we have. How do we balance being a good friend with also receiving friendship from our friends? Where is the me in we? And do we even get to matter in the equation? Now, I feel a little bit selfish that this is the topic that we are tackling on this episode because this has literally been the work that I've been doing in my own life in the last few years. I love and consider one of the things that that really matches up with my personality. I love taking care of my friends. I love being a good friend. And I've realized that sometimes in relationships, I sign people up for the Casey Care show. My friendships end up being me really being the one who's bringing the care in a friendship. And I don't leave room for other people to care for me. I don't invite it. And so I'm really excited to learn more about allowing more room in relationships for us to get our needs met as well. One way that we have perhaps been influenced in our relationships and the way we approach ourselves in relationships is in the Christian world. I think sometimes in the Christian world, we might receive a message that we need to put ourselves last. And Mm -hmm. so I wondered if you guys have any, um, can you pinpoint any misconceptions that you've bought into about if you're allowed to be part of the priorities in relationships? Yeah, I think I'm going to stand on my soapbox here. This is like something I'm so passionate about. So I think that this happens a lot in the Christian world. And again, like I talked about on the last episode, I actually work in a recovery ministry. And so I see this so often where we've mixed up kind of the understanding of a biblical understanding of relationships and what that looks like. And I have one friend who talked about growing up her parents always talked about the JOY acronym. I don't know if either of you guys have heard of this, uh, but essentially it's Jesus, others, and you No, in that order. No. And I have someone else oh. I know said like self is a four-letter word. And it's kind of this idea where we've taken certain scriptures and highlighted them more than others. Yeah. And we put so much emphasis on caring for other people which is important, but we put it above caring for ourselves. So this is just something that I've seen a lot through the different experiences in the church. And I think it's something that we could really, as a whole, as Christians, do a better job of learning how to be healthier in relationships. Katie, that is um, a great example of what I was thinking of in this. We've kind of been told you get a Medal of Honor if you don't bring your your own needs mm-hmm. to the to the relationship equation, yeah, definitely, and that is like a really specific example of the way we w- have received that message, right? And again, I think as with most things that get twisted, is there's a piece of it that's really beautiful. Like, how many kids need help knowing that they shouldn't be focused on themselves? Like, how many of us need help to not be selfish? But instead of holding a middle ground where we care for ourselves and for other people, we do, we put it in that order, like that JOY acronym I talked about earlier. And we put ourselves so far below other people that it's not even a competition, which is where, again, I think it gets really distorted. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking of it in the context of like my energy levels. We talked a lot about being an introvert versus an extrovert in the Mm -hmm. way that we relate to other people. And when I think about my energy levels, I 
especially in the context of that joy acronym, I think of the time in the morning in the Christian world where you're supposed to sit down and be poured into and filled up for the entirety of the day. And then you go out into the world, into your relationships, and you pour out and you pour out and you pour out until there's nothing left. And then you go home and you have time on your own again. Yeah. And I think that that isn't a bad thing inherently, but like you're saying, Katie, I think that that might not be the way that biblical friendships is actually laid out. Um, so I'm I'm on board with that, and I agree with what you're saying because that doesn't feel, for me personally, like the most sustainable or healthy way to do friendships where you're just pouring out and pouring out and putting yourself last. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a strange model. Mm-hmm. Get poured into just so you can pour out and start over again. Yeah. Isn't there some pouring back in yeah. and some care for yourself in that equation absolutely. until you get back home and have your moment to yourself again. I love that, Ari. Thanks. Well, and I would say just for me, I talked about being on a soapbox earlier, but I think that's because this was so much a part of my story growing up where I really became my own worst enemy and didn't know how to love myself. I had been taught so well how to do it to other people that I didn't know myself how to to love and care for myself. Wow. And as a parent, I love Katie that you talked about it's not we're not blaming our parents for giving us or or our Sunday school teachers or um, anyone else for that matter for giving us wrong messages. We often need to have some correction or some guidance about how to not be selfish. I was thinking mm-hmm. about that this week with my kids. I want to help them find a, a healthy middle ground. Mm-hmm. So I was glad you, you made that point because we're not we're not looking to blame anybody about these misconceptions that we've held. Sometimes it's just even the way we catch a message a little sideways. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for that. And as we're talking about people who have been kind of believing this misconception that we have to be last in the order in a relationship, not everyone is somebody who puts themselves last or is mostly focused on giving in a relationship. Some people find themselves in seasons of being overly guarded or cautious about giving in relationships. Mm-hmm. There's a spectrum. Would you guys see yourself on one end of that spectrum or the other? Yeah, I would definitely put myself more on the, especially earlier in my life, on the over giving up myself and not paying attention to myself. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree. I think I'm probably on that spectrum too. And as I say that, I'm hoping that my friends would agree. They're like, oh my gosh, Ari. So, yeah, I think I'm on that end of the spectrum as well of of overly giving. Yeah. And as I've shared, I have been doing so much reflecting and just noticing of this in my life and my patterns of the way that I approach relationships. And so I might even be getting into a season where I am a little bit more guarded about who I'm going to give to or um, how I'm showing up in a relationship. And I'm, and I'm definitely more aware of who are those people in my life who it's a mutual relationship where I also receive care. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm really thankful for that season. But I could also, I, I get worried about, am I now swinging far too far on the other end of the spectrum? Yeah, I resonate with that. And I often coach or guide people when you feel like you're moving so far to the other side of the spectrum you're probably actually just moving more towards the middle it's going to take you a really long time to go from one extreme to the other extreme so to just have grace for yourself that you're probably actually moving more towards the middle 
That is such good advice. That's really good. And that actually really resonates with the journey that I'm on. Mm. Okay, Katie, I would also love your take on this. What is the truth to this question that we are asking? How much me can or should I bring to relationships? How much can I prioritize my own needs as I'm also trying to be a really good friend? Mm -hmm. If you're looking at it from a theological standpoint, uh, I like to just point people back to the the story of creation in Genesis. And so quickly we jump to Genesis 3 and the fall and this idea of being broken and sinners. And and again, there's it's not that that's not true, but I think we skip over some really important theology that's in chapters one and two, yeah. talking about how we're made in the image of God and how we're good. Humans as a whole are not just good, but we're very good in his eyes. And so to me, that has laid such a good framework for how I even think of myself. And again, part of why I stand on a soapbox when I talk about this topic is this has been kind of like you, Casey, a very important part of my own journey. And so there's this one quote that I'll never forget. It's by actually this Lebanese poet, and I'm probably not saying his name right, but it's Khalil Gibran. I think that's how you say it. And I might not have the exact quote, but it's something along the lines of, God told me to love my enemies, and so I obeyed, and I loved myself. Whoa. Wow. And I think that, again, especially for those of us who fall onto the the one side of the spectrum where it's really easy to put our relationship with God and with other people far before our own. This is such an important perspective shift to think about loving ourselves just as much as we love other people because it really is, I believe, the way that God has created us. And so, yeah, I just resonate so much with that quote. And it really, like I said, was it very much a perspective shift for me. Because if you received the message and bought into the message that you don't matter as much as other people, you might start to see yourself as not very good, like God called you. Right. And you might even start to see yourself, wow, as an enemy. Totally. You're you're your worst enemy. Yeah. Well, especially, again, if we focus on sort of the Genesis 3 theology, which talks about, like, we all fall short, we all make mistakes, and we all have things that make us imperfect, which is true. But if we focus so much on that, we can get to a place of really unhealthy self-contempt and shame and and really become our own enemies. And that's not a healthy place to live. And that's not how God wants us to live. He made us in his image. And there's something that's so very good about that. And so the challenge for us is to really be able to hold both our beauty and our brokenness. So good. Thanks, Katie. Mm-hmm. So if we're realizing, like I have lately in the last few years, that I want to prioritize my needs in relationship, where we realize just caring for others and putting ourselves last isn't the whole story of friendship. It's actually such a limited view if you're only showing up to meet your friend's needs. Totally. Can you give us some examples of how we can do this? How can I better prioritize myself in a world that will really take as much as I'll give? I think one of the best markers of this and the most helpful things to pay attention to in your relationships is where you might start to feel resentful of other friends. Mm. So if you find yourself 
giving or caring for someone, but you have this underlying sense of like, I'm always the one that does this for them or like, oh, I'm so frustrated that they never ask me a question in return. That's not uh, an invitation to just cut off the relationship and run away forever, but it is an invitation to be really curious and to start to ask yourself some questions about how much give and take is there in this relationship? Is it really all about the other person and not about you? Which might be okay for a season or it might be okay to have one or two people in your life like that. But if you start to feel yourself feeling resentful with all your friendships, that's definitely a red flag uh, that you need to pay attention. Uh, The other thing I would say is just taking the time to know yourself. So talking about personality, introvert, extrovert, knowing if you need alone time, knowing how you are given life and relationships. And that might be different than other people, which again, there's beauty and difference, uh, but it's also really important for us to make sure that we're honoring ourselves in the relationships that we have with other people. Um, And kind of The flip side of that is also true is to not say other people's no for them. So we can get so caught up in, well, I don't want to be a burden on other people or they're so busy, I can't ask them to hang out. And to that, I would say you're not giving them the opportunity to to spend time with you. If you never ask, you never get to hear whether or not they actually do have time or Mm -hmm. maybe it is a priority for them but they have felt neglected from you because you're never asking to to spend time with them so i think just um this idea of being willing to put yourself out there and ask to spend time with people uh, instead of saying their no for them is really important That's really a great challenge for me specifically. As I've remained curious lately, I've noticed that I do this really unhelpful practice of measuring pain Mm -hmm. and comparing it. Totally. And so when my friends are in a hard time, it's really hard for me to have any kind of needs that I'm bringing to the table. Wow. I'm like, well, I really would love a little help in this area or a little care in this area, but they're going through such a hard time, I can't ask for it. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. It might actually, they might really want me to invite them for a break from their hard thing that they're in the middle of Mm -hmm. to give care to me. But I say they're no for them, like you're saying. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious if this is true for either of you, but for so many people, when our friends ask us for help, that's a huge blessing. Like we want to be able to give to them. We want to be able to support our friends. So even as you were talking earlier, Casey, about how you found yourself in this pattern of being the friend that gives a lot and you really enjoy that. It's a really fun and beautiful part of your personality. I just think of the friend that asks you for help that actually is a blessing to you. And I'm almost taking that opportunity away from them. Right, right. And I I would imagine the same is true for you, Ari, as well, because you do find yourself more on that side of things. But when your friend opens up and asks for help or asks to spend time with you, that can be just as much of a blessing as it is to to respect their no when they say no, when they don't have time or when they 
uh, need some time to themselves. Asking the question gives them the opportunity to honor themselves, but also to honor you if, if they're in a season where they're able to do that. Yeah. Jumping back to the resentment piece, when that plays out in my head, I can very clearly identify the like big red flags of resentment. Mm-hmm. But I miss like the small yellow flags that are kind of building up to that point. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, any insight on how to see resentment coming or frustration that's building? Ooh, that's such a good question, Ari, because we we don't want to come at it after we're to the end of our rope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what are some more early signs we can look for? I love that. Early signs. Yeah, that is such a good question, and I agree. I think one of the telltale signs of resentment is literally when someone asks you to do something or you are choosing to do something for someone else, there's this little sort of pit in your stomach. And it might not be like you're ruminating on anger for the rest of the afternoon. Mm -hmm. But when they ask you, you kind of just feel this moment of like, that's that it just doesn't feel it doesn't sit right which is a little bit of vague language but i think that most people can relate to that sort of pause in their in their gut when someone asks them to do something that they actually just want to say no to again that doesn't mean that you need to say no to whatever the person asks you or that it isn't a good thing for you to do but just checking your own intentions Um, Another thing to be a little bit more on the proactive side would be to when someone asks you to do something, you ask yourself the question, why am I choosing to say yes? Is it because I actually have the energy and the time and I really want to do this or am I doing this because I have to? I think that question really helps separate where there might be some resentment starting to squeeze into our, our stories. That's Does that make helpful. sense? Yeah, that's super helpful. It's It makes all the sense in the world to me. I'm an Enneagram 2, <laughs> and so resentment is exactly where I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention to when I feel resentful because that, I think, is a red flag or a yellow flag about when I'm doing – I'm bringing that, putting them as a priority over myself for the wrong reasons, like you're saying, to ask mm-hmm. myself, what is my motivation for saying yes to this? Because I love saying yes, and I love being a good friend, and I love caring for those people in my life, and I want to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. But if I can do it in a way that doesn't make me resentful or I notice my resentfulness early, as Ari's saying, I'm going to be able to honor myself more in that mm-hmm. relationship and allow room for myself. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it could be too when you feel that sort of pull towards I'm doing this because I have to. That's when it might be an opportunity to have a conversation before it becomes a big blow up red flag of like, hey, I'd love to do this. And like, it would be really helpful for me if you did blank. Not that our relationships need to be transactional, but it's an opportunity for you then to voice some of your own needs in the process, which mm. can help sort of de-escalate the, the feelings of resentment. Great. If you've joined us for the Relate podcast before, you know that we'll leave you with some reflection and discussion questions at the end of each episode. 
You're definitely going to gain some insight if you ponder these on your own, but we really think life is richer when you experience it with others. So we encourage you to grab a friend or host a group of friends for coffee and share your thoughts on the following questions. We ask each question and then give you a chance for reflection following each one. Question one. We all receive some confusing messages about the importance of self in relationships. What's a misconception or confusing message you have believed in the past? And if you joined us for season one of the Relate podcast, what inputs led to those messages and beliefs? Question two, where do you fall on the giving guarded spectrum these days? What has led you to approach friendships in such a way? Question three, what is one step you could take in the next week to move a bit on that spectrum? Perhaps it is avoiding coming to your interactions in an emotionally depleted state, or maybe making room in the friendship for you to also receive the care of others. And question four, is there a relationship where you may have started to notice some yellow flags of resentment? What do those early signs of resentment tell you about the way that you are approaching that friendship? And this week, we would love to challenge you. If you're anything like me, this will be a little hard for you. We're asking, put down the phone and let others come to you. Just spend a week noticing how do you feel if you're not the one always initiating contact. Take note of how much energy you spend caring for others versus caring for yourself. If you have observations as you take this challenge, we would love to hear from you. Email us at relate at willowcreek.org. And also, we'd love to hear from you on social media. We want to hear your stories and might even share your story on a future Relate podcast. We're so glad you joined us for the conversation today. We hope you enjoyed it and noticed some new things about the way you relate. If you do enjoy the conversation, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We also invite you to like us and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, because that makes it possible for more people to find and join the Relate community. And we really don't want the conversation to stop here. Please find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching The Relate Podcast. We would love to hear from you. Join us for the next episode as we take a look at the me in we, honoring yourself in relationships. We will consider what expectations we might be bringing into our friendships, and we'll give some direction on how to identify mismatched expectations and some steps we can take to right-size the gap. Join us.